Well, good morning, Bayshore. Welcome to this weekend's experience here at Bayshore. And I can tell you, I am so excited that you're with us this weekend. And I want to say hello to some people that have been watching online. Diana Dean, Joanne Gibbons, Michelle Latenzi, and also Tom and Dina Law. Just a few people in our community and beyond that have been listening to Bayshore online. And if you're a part of our online congregation, thank you so much for being with us today. And also those of you that are watching from the Fenwick Island campus or you're watching uh, in any other different venue and people that are gathered live, we're just so glad that you're with us this weekend. So we're into 2021. Can you believe that? This new year is on the way and we're beginning to have some great things happen here at Bayshore. So glad that you're a part of this great church and what God is doing. Hey, listen, if you're tuning in today, this is a great time for you to tune in because we're starting a brand new series today called Tough Times Don't Last, But Tough People Do. What a great, great phrase. And I have to give some credit for that phrase because it came from a book that was put out by Robert Schuller uh, in 1984 called Tough Times Never Last, But Tough People Do. So that's kind of where I got the idea for this series, as well as uh, on Route 1. If you're riding down Route 1 around Rehoboth, there's a billboard that the Shell Brothers have put out that says the very same thing, tough times don't last but tough people do. So this is an encouraging title because, you know, sometimes when we're going through a tough time, we think it's going to go on and on and on forever. But I'm here to tell you, listen, the Bible says in the book of Psalms, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Hey, listen, the night and the morning and the darkness doesn't last forever because there's a sunrise in our future. So I just want to encourage you in this series. So we're excited about this. And I want to start it with a quote, this series with a quote by Philip Brooks. Now, Philip Brooks was a famous preacher in the 19th century, the 1800s, around the Civil War. And he actually wrote a great Christmas song, uh, A Little Town of Bethlehem. Great story behind that song. But he wrote this quote, do not pray for easy lives. Pray to be stronger men. Do not pray for task equal to your powers. Pray for power equal to your task. And then he says, then the doing of your work shall be no miracle, but you shall be the miracle. John F. Kennedy in 1963 took that quote from Philip Brooks and used it as one of his speaking engagements. It's a great, great quote about God making us stronger people. And these are times when we need to become stronger people. And so we want to talk in this series about tough times and how we can endure tough times and learn to succeed in that. Now, here's the first thing I want to say to you about tough times. Tough times are nothing new. Tough times are nothing new. And sometimes we think when we're going through a hard time, that this is, uh, you know, we're the first people to ever go through tough times. And you know what I'm hearing many people say, you know, we're going through a tough time in the world right now, and it must be the end of the world. The sky must be falling. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. You know, who knows? You know, I don't know about all of that. But sometimes we're going through a tough time. We think this has got to be the end of the world. Things are just so, so bad. But here's what I want want you to think about this morning. Tough times are not a new thing. Tough times are not a new thing. Think about uh, some of our history as American people. In 1929, we had something called, it started in October, called the Great Depression. 
And here's a picture of a family in, during the Great Depression. You see people lined up, literally people in the, uh, in the Great Depression in the cities lined up for just uh, all around, almost around a whole block waiting to get some food. These were successful people. Now the Great Depression lasted from 1929 uh, to about 1939. Some people say it even lasted to 1941 when we got involved in World War II. So it was really, really a tough time. Here's a picture of a mother with their children. And you can just see the despair during the Great Depression. The Great Depression was a time where uh, all of a sudden people had been investing in the stock market. You know, they had been speculating. The, we had the roaring 20s when things were very prosperous and uh, everybody was making a lot of money and, and millionaire tycoons were investing in the stock market. And everybody was getting on investing in the stock, stock market. There was a lot of speculation, even banks that were uh, speculating. Uh, on the stock market. And during the Great Depression, 11,000 uh, banks went out of business and uh, lots of people were unemployed. And here's what's interesting about the Great Depression. In, in 19, uh, it was actually in 1929, the, uh, the, the unemployment rate was about, what was it, about 3%? About 3% in 1929. By 1933, the unemployment rate was 25%. 25%. That means that one out of four people were out of work in 1933. Now, the unemployment rate right now is 6.7 in America. So that gives you a little feel for how hard things were. And that went on for a long time. We've been dealing with COVID since last March, and so we're coming up on a year. But think about the Great Depression. The Great Depression lasted in 1929, 1930, 1931, 1932, all through the 30s uh, until we got into World War, uh, World War uh, II. And so that was a really, really hard time. And Americans were just really, really under the gun. So hard times are not new. Hard times are not new. And it's just really interesting what happened during the Great Depression and, and all the people. And then finally, Franklin Roosevelt was elected in 1933, and uh, Roosevelt had a new deal, a new deal. That was his, his, uh, his big plan. He had a new deal. And people were looking for somebody to help them and to give them direction. Roosevelt, you know, had a very sanguine personality. He was very outgoing, uh, very, very charming person. And he, remember the radio, radio side chats? He would talk to people like he was just sitting in their living room encouraging them. And he began to put all these programs in place to get people back to work. And people were beginning to work. And people had been speculating, speculating on the 20s on the stock market. And they had been, there was a lot of consumer debt and production was, you know, we were overproducing goods and all of a sudden uh, that big crash happened and then went through all that time and then finally Franklin Roosevelt came in and he began to get Americans back to work and that's when Social Security happened and the government began to get involved and began to help us uh, to sort of get back on our, on our feet and uh, that was an important time. A lot of times we talk about socialism now and what all that looks like but it started back in the 1933 when Roosevelt had the New Deal and began to kind of give people help during hard times. So listen, I want you to remember this. When you think about COVID, and what we're going through, I want you to remember that tough times are not new. 
Tough times are not new. And there's another thing happening in the the time of the Great Depression. Great Depression, as I mentioned, started in 1929, went to about 1939 or 1941. In the 30s, in the Midwest, in the Southern Plains, there was what was called the Dust Bowl. The Dust Bowl. And it went on from 1930 to 1936, and that's what, because we had overplowed in the 20s. We, had, we were having, uh, the, the Midwest was producing all this wheat after World War I, and we had plowed in millions of acres. In fact, the, it was the advent of the gasoline tractor, and there were tractors running all around the clock in the, in, in the middle of the night with lights on. They were plowing up the plains, and all that, uh, all that buffalo grass that was uh, there by nature to hold the soil in place, we plowed it all up, and we were planting weed, and it was raining, and there were people selling land in the Midwest, and they would say things like, you know, rain follows the plow. If you get here, out here and you plow up the land, it's going to rain, and you're going to be able to raise weed and you're going to become rich. And there were people that just went out in the fall and planted wheat and they would come back in the spring and harvest it. They didn't even live there. And so we, 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 we overplowed the land and then there was a drought that happened in the thirties and the drought didn't last one year. It didn't last two years. It didn't last three years, but it lasted six years. And these horrific, we had 13 major storms during the Dust Bowl, and it would just fill up the area. And here's some pictures of the Dust Bowl. Uh, and uh, by the way, Ken Burns has a great documentary on this, and you can just see these, these, these uh, great uh, black clouds, and they're actually pulling up the dust from the soil. And look, there's some other pictures here that you can just see how thick it was through the, through the Midwest. And, and one time in 1933, there was a storm that went two miles high. It was way, way this big, thick storm, and it blew 2,000 miles all the way to the Washington, uh, Washington, D.C., and the New York, New York City, and the Statue of Liberty was surrounded with, with clouds of dust that came from the Midwest, and these were hard times. Now, here's something that's interesting. The people had to stay inside, sort of like many people are doing during COVID, and they had to wear masks. Well, I want to see, these are people wearing masks because the, the, the soil, the dust would get in your lungs, and, uh, and it was called brown pneumonia, and people were dying from that. So this was hard times. And these people thought it was the end of the world. They thought it was the end of the world because the clouds were, uh, the dust was blocking out the sun and it looked like apocalyptic, apocalyptic uh, you know, times. Things were really, really bad. So these were tough times. So tough times aren't new. Tough times aren't new. Now, then in 1941, uh, we had something else happen. Remember December 7th, 1941, which Franklin Roosevelt said, a day that will live in infamy. It was when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, and we were ushered in to, uh, to uh, World War II, and we fought World War II from 1941. It actually started in 1939, from 1941 to 1945. And listen to this, 16 million Americans, 16 million Americans went and fought in that war. 16 million. How many people were killed from America in World War II? 405,000. 
405,000. That was was devastating. Devastating. We were unified as a nation then. Now, there was no uh, partisan division in that time. Uh, Democrats and Republicans were holding hands. They were working together to defeat uh, the threat of Nazi Germany. And you know what? America can do incredible things when it unifies itself. And so we came together as a nation, and we dealt with that incredible threat. And 405,000 Americans gave their lives uh, during World War II. To, to put that in perspective, how many of you remember the Vietnam War? Now, that's in my generation. I remember the Vietnam War. In the Vietnam War, 58,000 people died. And 58,000 people, precious people that died in the Vietnam War, compared to 405,000 people in World War II. So that shows you the magnitude of it. Now, I want you to sort of get that. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun. And the writer of Ecclesiastes, what has been in the past will be again. That's what it says in the book of Ecclesiastes. So hard times are nothing new. And we need to think about that because sometimes we lose perspective. When we're going through a hard time and and history seems to be in all kinds of disarray right now and there's all kinds of problems that are happening, we have a tendency to think the sky is falling and that, that these tough times mark the end of the world and all of that. Hey, listen, I don't know when the end of the world is. I don't know when Jesus is coming back. I don't know when all that's going to happen, but I can tell you this, there have been hard times before. And we're going through hard times now. And the hard times before that we went through uh, shaped us as a people and made us a better people. And I believe that hard times can make us better people and can make us stronger people. So that's the first thing I want to say about hard times and tough times. Say this with me. Wherever you are, just say it with me. Tough times are nothing new. Tough times are nothing new. And uh, that's something that we need to remember. Here's another thing to remember. Tough times represent a number of things happening at one time. Tough times are, are when multiple things are happening at one time. And that, that's what I think is one of it. Tough times are marked by multiple challenges happening simultaneously. Now, have you noticed that? I've noticed that about really, really hard times. It's not just one thing you face. And, you know, you face this big thing, you got this big challenge, and you think, boy, man, this is way too much for me. It's way, I can never manage this. And then all of a sudden, you're, you're facing this big bear over here, and then all of a sudden, you got a lion attack you on the other side. Have you noticed that about your life? It's like one thing after another. And and when you're having a really tough time, it's not a issue, but it's a bundle of issues. It's a bundle of issues. And we can feel overwhelmed during those times. And here's what we need to remember. When we feel overwhelmed because there's a problem on the right, there's a problem on the left, there's a problem in front of us, there's a problem behind us, there's multiple things happening. And some of you that are listening to me right now, you don't just have one issue going on right now. You don't just have one particular uh, challenge in front of you right now. You have multiple challenges. And what is too much for you is never too much for the Lord. What is too much for you is never too much for the Lord. So sometimes when we're overwhelmed with multiple challenges, the purpose of that is to teach us to rely on the Lord more. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 says this. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 has this to say. We do not, this is Paul talking, and Paul says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles. 
Do you see that in the plural about the troubles? It's not one trouble. It's troubles. It's multiple troubles. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers or sisters, about the troubles we've experienced in the province of Asia. We don't know exactly what was going on with Paul, but it was something going on. He said, we were under great pressure. Have you ever felt under great pressure? We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. Next verse says this. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. He, he, you know, he's saying, he's saying I, just, well, I felt like I was dying. I felt like I couldn't make it. I couldn't survive. Uh, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Why did this happen? Uh, it happened that we may not rely on ourselves, but on the Lord. So here's what trouble does for us. Trouble, when you have multiple things happening in your life, it, it's showing you your, your limitations, and it's showing you that you need to lean into an unlimited God, a God of omnipotence, a God of incredible power, a God of un, uh, unlimited source. He's an unlimited resource, and he can help us. Our being overwhelmed pushes us toward the great one, to love him. And listen, whatever you're going through in COVID, whatever you're going through in this season of your life, don't let this season be wasted. Don't let this season you know, uh, not be used properly because God wants to use this time to help us to put our arms around him and squeeze and be in right relationship with the Lord in an incredible way. So it's not just one thing. You know, I think that life is sort of like, you know, if you go to the beach and you're standing in the surf, if you're, uh, you know, standing in the surf, maybe at Northside or Southside or, or Femic Island or Bethany Beach, wherever you go, and you're standing in the surf, and you see a wave coming, and, and you, you know, that wave is coming, and you see it coming, and you can kind of lean into that wave, and you can duck under it. Now, if life was just that way, if there's just one thing coming at a time, you could dive under it, you could handle it okay, but it's not that way. Life is not like one wave at a time. It's waves coming in every direction. And that's what happens to all of us many, many times. It's sort of like a baseball pitcher. I wish life was like baseball. You stand in a batter's box and you got a pitcher with one ball and he's throwing that ball toward the plate. But life is really like 10 pitchers each pitching at the same time, and all these balls coming at you. And that's to remind you, like Paul said, we were under pressure, we were overwhelmed, and this happened that we may not rely on ourselves, but rely on the Lord who gives us great strength. And so that's important for us to remember. I was walking down the road the other day, and uh, as I was walking down the road, uh, the Lord just brings a lot of ministry to me when I'm walking down the road. I run into all these people, and they, they're, you know, they roll the window down and, and uh, tell me things. And uh, I just see all kinds of people have a sort of a ministry while I'm walking. My neighbors come out in the yard and get to talk to different people. And the other day, I was walking down the road, had my walking stick, had my orange vest on. I'm walking along, and there was this wonderful uh, Toyota pickup uh, coming toward me. And it kind of, I was kind of admiring it. Boy, what a great looking pickup. And it kind of pulled off slowly and then it rolled the window down there. There was a wonderful man that I've known in the community for years. I've known him for, for years. And he said to me, he said, please pray for me. He said, tomorrow I'm going into the hospital for, for surgery, a heart replacement valve surgery. And, and uh, he told me about it and he was, you know, apprehensive about that. And he said, would you pray for me? And so I'm there standing there with my walking stick and all that. And so he reached out his hand. 
across uh, the 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 cross's chair, uh, the the chair in the front of the pickup, toward the window that was rolled down. And I reached my hand in, and I was a little worried about it because he had his hunting dog in there. His hunting dog was looking at my hand going in there, so I didn't know if I was going to get bitten or not. But I reached in and I grabbed his hand. And we prayed there on the side of the road and asked the Lord to give him strength because he felt overwhelmed. You know what happens when we feel overwhelmed? When we feel overwhelmed, it needs to push us to reach out our hands to a holy God to take care of us. These are times that all people in America, all people in Bayshore Community Church, all people in this community need to be not passive, not, they don't need to be neutral, they don't need to be sort of laid back, but they need to be reaching out to a God who loves them and cares for them and wants to take care of them. Paul said, when we were overwhelmed, we were, beyond, we were in pressure beyond what we could handle. And uh, he said, we had not, ju- not just one trouble, but we had all kinds of trouble coming from every direction. And he said, this happened so that we may not rely on ourselves, but rely on the Lord who raises the dead. Now, listen, I want you to know, you may be a strong person. Here's a great thing about this series. Tough times don't last but tough people do. And I want you to know that there's sometimes when you're not tough enough and I'm not tough enough and I'm not strong enough and you're not strong enough, there's times when we just don't, aren't tough enough and we need the Lord to give us help and give us strength and watch over us. And I'm believing during this series that Bayshore is going to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit in a fresh way. I believe that the Holy Spirit's going to pour out His grace on you in a way like you've never been before. And maybe you feel overwhelmed with taking care of your kids in school. You're trying to, you know, give your kids a homeschooling. You got that going on. You got your job going on. And you're trying to keep things going. And you're trying to, you know, move forward in your life. And you are just overwhelmed. When you feel overwhelmed, the Bible says to cast all your care on him because he cares for you. In 1 Peter chapter 5, cast all your care on him. I, I was reading about that this week, this week and looked at that word, that Hebrew word, cast all your care, what the word cast was. It means to hurl, hurl, hurl your care on the Lord. Let the Lord take care of you. And he, he has strength that you don't have. And you can be tough. And I can be tough, and we can all be tough, and we can all be strong if we lean in and let his power take over and help us. And he can do that for us. I was in Germany a number of years ago, and I was preaching uh, a series of meetings there. And uh, what I enjoyed about that trip being in Germany was traveling by train. And I got to drive on the Autobahn, which you can go as fast as you want to over there. I just that was a lot of fun. But my most, most uh, enjoyable thing in Germany was traveling by train. I just loved it. I got to see the countryside, and I got to travel by myself some. And uh, I was in Dusseldorf, and I had done some meetings there. And I was headed toward uh, uh, the Augsburg, uh, I think was in Bavaria, southern Germany. And I had, I had two big suitcases. And I had, a, uh, I had a backpack, or it was like a shoulder bag full of my books. It was before you could have everything on electronics. And I had some of my key books with me. And I had this, this book bag that probably weighed, it seemed like it weighed 50, 60 pounds. I had, it was loaded with books. And I had the, my, my two suitcases. It looked like I was going to move to Germany. I had all this stuff. And I get on this train, and the train is packed, and there's no place to sit. And they had those bars in the middle of the train. And so I was, uh, I was trying to you know, get a, lean against one of those bars. And I had my suitcases and I had my book bag. And I'm riding along trying to hang on. I had one uh, arm around the, uh, the bar there and I was still holding on to my suitcase. And all of a sudden it occurred to me. 
it occurred to me, why am I holding up this book bag? And why am I holding up this one bag? And so I set them down on the floor of the train and took that 50-pound or 60-pound book bag, it seemed like. I took it off my shoulder and set it on the floor of the train because the train had all the power to carry that weight for me. And the Lord has all the power to carry the weight of your life for you. Don't be anxious about anything, but rather be tuned into the Lord and let the Lord take care of you and help you. See, listen, tough times, tough times don't last, but tough people do. And the reason you can be tough and strong is not because you are self-sufficiently strong, but you can be uh, sufficiently strong in the strength of the Lord. The Bible says in the book of Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And here's what I sense the Lord's doing right now. Even as I'm speaking to people right now, even as people are listening on YouTube right now, I want you to know that the Lord is giving you strength and you are overwhelmed with too many things, too many things that you can never handle on your own. And as Paul said, this happened that we may not rely on ourselves, but rely on the Lord that's taken care of us. So that's an incredible principle that we need to remember, that, uh, that God is able to give us strength in the midst of multiple challenges. And there's some other points here that are important. Uh, it's important for us to remember this. Uh, the tough times are marked by multiple challenges happening simultaneously. And then here's another point that's important for us to remember. Tough times are opportunities for growing in intimacy with God and others. Tough times are opportunities for growing in intimacy with God and others. Now, there's a great opportunity during COVID, uh, during the times of pressure, because we've had multiple challenges you know, in, our, in our nation right now. We've had, we've had COVID. We've had the racial tension that's uh, just so sad to see those things happening. Then we've had the political disruptions that are just unprecedented. And you have all of these things happening and people are insecure and they're feeling very afraid. And you know what the opportunity in the midst of this instability is for us to begin to get closer to the Lord than ever. The Bible says in James chapter 4, uh, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Here's what's happening in my life. The more I see, the more I hear, the more I watch these crazy tough times, the more I'm recognizing how close I want to be to the Lord, how intimate I want to be with the Lord. I want to be close to the Lord. I want to walk with him and, and commune with him. And this is a time for us to seize the day, to seize the day, to be in an intimate relationship with the Lord. Maybe you've sort of been walking with the Lord at a distance and the Lord's just sort of been over there and you're over here and you're just sort of separated from the Lord. Tough times draw us closer to the Lord, and we need to avail ourselves to that. I remember when I was in high school, I used to drive these, uh, uh, I had a couple VW Bugs. Here's a 1971 VW Bug. I had one just about like this. Uh, actually, I had a blue one, looked just about like this. I don't think mine looked quite this good, but uh, I had about three of these that I, not at one time, but different times through my high school career. Uh, somebody called the VW Beetle the poor man's sports car. They were a lot of fun to drive, you know, the stick shift, and, and you could just wind those things out, and they were a lot of fun. The engine was in the back, and I remember one time, I, you know, they, they constantly had some problems, though, and I remember uh, I had one that had some mechanical problems, and the engine is in the back, and I had to take the back seat out to try to fix this, and there was a little tiny hole 
that I had to get through with my fingers to try to replace a part that probably didn't cost more than $10, but it was essential, and that car wasn't working unless I could get that replaced. And I had a good friend that was in the uh, uh, students group with me at church, and I didn't know him real well, but um, his name was Mark, and he was smarter than I was, and he was um, definitely more mechanical than I was, and he was just a really bright guy. And I said, Mark, can you come help me fix my VW? Because he could fix anything. So for two days after school, uh, we took the back seat out. And we're in the back seat there working. I'm handing him tools. And for the next two days, we worked on that car to try to get that car fixed. And at the end of the two days, we finally got the right piece in the right place. And it took a lot of manipulation, but we finally got it there. But you know what happened during that time? Mark was somebody I didn't really know that well. Uh, you know, I knew who he was. He was in my youth group, and he was, in, uh, he was in my high school, and he was a grade older than I was, and I knew some things about him. He was a wrestler and all that. He was a really great guy, but I didn't really know him well. But going through that trial of in, being in that back seat, working on that VW Beetle, Mark and I, which used to be far away, all of a sudden became much closer because we were going through that together trying to fix that car. And you know, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity. Here's what is, what is the opportunity of 2021? What is the opportunity of this season of tough times? What is the opportunity? The opportunity is for us to get closer to the Father who loves us, to walk with Him and love Him. I was listening, I was telling the staff on Monday, I was listening the other night, I was putting my clothes away, I'd wash my clothes and I was hanging all my clothes up and I had Jensen Franklin uh, on, the, on, on, on uh, YouTube and I was listening to him while I was putting my uh, clothes away and he was preaching on prayer and he was talking about prayer is not just about getting something from God. I mean, we need, to, we need to get the Lord to cast our care on him, what we're concerned about and all that. But he said prayer. He talked about Adam, how Adam and Eve walk with the Lord in the cool of the day. And he said, what were they praying? What were they talking to the Lord about? Because they didn't have any problems. It was before sin came in the world. Nobody was sick. Nobody was poor. There weren't, there weren't any problems. He said, what were they talking about? He said they were, they were walking with and communing with the Lord and walking with the Lord. They were having fellowship with him. And I, I don't know how close you are to the Lord right now, but here's, you know, maybe you've been a Christian for 20 years. Maybe you've been a Christian for two months. Uh, I don't know how long you've been a Christian, but the opportunity of tough times is that we get closer to the Lord. If you look in Genesis chapter 32, there's this uh, story of Jacob who was always able to fix things on his own. He was a manipulator. He, he, could, he could solve any problem. Jacob was a manipulator. And he's coming back to a land, he, his homeland. And his brother Esau, who's been mad at him for 20 years, has come with 400 men. And he's coming probably to kill Jacob. And Jacob has always been able to work his way out of things. And he's finally in a situation where he can't seem to solve the problem. And the Bible says that in that tough time, Jacob spent all night praying and talking to the Lord and wrestling with the Lord. And he said to the Lord, Lord, I won't let you go until you bless me. And he's getting to know the Lord, the creator God. He's getting ready to know the Lord. And the Lord strikes his hip and he changes Jacob. He changes Jacob. And Jacob becomes a different man because of the tough time he was in. And through that tough time, he got to wrestle and to know the Lord like he never did before. And the Lord said to Jacob, you know, this place is called Penel, which means face of God. He saw God face to face. He fellowship with the Lord. He was intimate with the Lord during that tough time. So God wants you and he wants 
me to get close to the Lord during these times. These are days not to be walking at a distance from the Lord, but these are days to be like Jacob. Tough times, threatening things. You know, Esau coming with the 400 men, and Jacob took that moment on the other side of the Jabbok River to put his arms around the God who made him and to wrestle with that God and to love him and to know that God. And through that wrestling, the Lord changed Jacob. And these are incredible times for you and incredible times for me. And I, I can't tell you what's going to happen in 2021. I think I, I'm just an optimist. I just think we need to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. I just believe God is doing incredible things. And God is going to do great things in you this year. This year is going to be a great year for you. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how many troubles we're going to have. But I can tell you this. This is a year. At the end of the year, you're going to be walking different. You're going to be like Jacob. You're going to be limping because the Lord has touched your life and he's changed how you're walking and he's changed how you're living because you're walking with the God who created you and the God who made you. That's my, that's my desire this year. My desire this year is, is, you know, hey, I want to lose weight. I want to be in better shape. I want to, you know, be, have better habits, all kinds of things I want to do better. But the number one goal I have this year in 2020 during these tough times is I want to be a tough person because I have the Lord inside of me strong. He's strong inside of me. And he's got, he's got your back. He's with you. I remember uh, when uh, years ago I used to go visit somebody that lived right across, the church, right across the road from the church here. In fact, this is Leon Howard. A lot of us know Leon Howard. This is Leon Howard's grandfather. Uh, Mr. Howard, and uh, I think he was the first Howard to start coming to this church. Karen and I, you know, we're, we, we were here pastoring. We didn't have a very big staff, and, and uh, we were, we, we, we'd go over and visit Mr. Howard and his wife, Ann. And I remember Mr. Howard sometimes felt a little anxious. He had anxiety issues like, like uh, we all, all do in some level, and I remember he used to get a little anxious. And I remember one time talking to Mr. Howard, and this is Leon's granddad. I said, uh, Mr. Howard, you, you know, I know you've been worried, but you know, you need, to, you need to just trust the Lord. You need to cast your care on the Lord because he loves you and he cares about you. And Mr. Howard said, you know, he said, you know, the Lord's busy. He's got a lot on his mind. He's got a lot on his mind and I don't want to bother him. I said, Mr. Howard, we need to work on your theology because our God is never overwhelmed. Even when you feel overwhelmed, he's never overwhelmed. There's, it's impossible to overwhelm God because he's the omnipotent, the omniscient one who knows everything and is all-powerful. And he's all-powerful in you this year. He's all-powerful inside of you. And listen, I want you to know this. Tough times will not last. Tough times won't last. This, this season is going to be over one day. And we're going to be in the history books. And kids, 50 years from now in American history are going to read about 2020. And uh, we're going to be in the history books, but let me tell you something. This time is going to pass, but this is a time of great opportunity for us to engage in intimacy with the Lord and know the Lord. Do you want to know the Lord better this year? Maybe you don't know the Lord at all. Maybe you've never began to follow Jesus. You're not a Christian, and this is a morning. You can do that. Uh, or whenever you're listening to this, you can invite Jesus in your heart and say, Lord, I, I want to know you. I want to have a relationship with you. And maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, but you're not really intimate. You're not really walking with the Lord like you need to. And, and you want to just put your arms around God and know him this year and enjoy him and love him like never before.
Would you lift up your hands right with me right now and pray? Let's all pray. Wherever you are, in the kitchen, in the living room, uh, wherever you are, let's just worship the Lord. Lord, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for, for being with us in these tough times. We thank you that they have a shelf life, that they're, they're limited. But, Lord, we don't want to miss the opportunity at this time to grow close to you. We thank you for what James says to draw near to you, and you would draw near to us. So we pray that this year our relationship with you would grow deeper and deeper and deeper because you're with us. We thank you for being with us and helping us in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Hey, listen, remember, tough times don't last, but tough people do because the Lord's inside of them. I'll see you next week and, uh, for part two. And uh, we're very excited. Please share this today. Would you share uh, this, uh, this program and this podcast or however you're watching this, share your YouTube or your uh, Facebook. Just share and let whatever media platform you're using. Get the word out about this encouraging word, and I'll see you next week. God bless you guys.